praise God. Hallelujah. We want to thank God for today, the very first Sunday of the year 2022. And once more, it's a privilege to be alive. And so we want to thank God for that. And I also want to use this opportunity to wish everyone a happy new year. For those of you who were not able to uh, be part of the service during the watch night service, or you were not connected, happy new year again. Amen. We love you and God richly bless you. Um, by the special grace of God, I promise you on Friday that I'm going to give you the theme for this year. Praise God. This year, 2022, the theme for this year, what God wants us to do, what is our direction, what is our focus, praise God. And uh, I'm going to use the theme also as the title of the message this morning, praise God. I know you are prepared for this morning, hallelujah. And I believe some of you are anxious now, you want to know exactly what God is saying or what God wants us to do, praise the name of the Lord. Well, 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 the breaking news is that God wants us to serve and to sacrifice, Praise God. He wants us to serve and to sacrifice. And so the theme of this year, 2022, is service and sacrifice. Amen. As you know for sure, I will never bring you a word from the Lord if I did not hear from God. That's the first thing. Praise God. Secondly, you know, whenever I want to preach, I have to seek the Lord and God must give me a word. If not, I will come here and pray and worship and will leave because I didn't get a word. I can't come here and lie to you. Praise God. The reason why I'm saying this is that I know some of you are very expectant. You are believing that, oh, maybe God will come with a big word because we've gone through a lot and there's a lot of difficulties. We've gone through this, uh, this issue of corona and a lot of problems, financial constraints. People are down. People are discouraged. People are confused. Oh, we need an exciting word. We need a word that will give us some direction about miracles, about deliverance, about healing. That is not what God told me. Amen. What God distinctly told me is that this year is a year of service and sacrifice. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so our message this morning is titled Service and Sacrifice. Praise God. Service and Sacrifice. Hallelujah. It's not going to be the regular message about sacrifice or service. I'm going to take you through a lot of issues this morning before we get to our conclusion. If you have your Bible, let's quickly look at the book of Luke chapter 4. Let's take a clear example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Luke chapter 4. I'll be reading from verse 16 down to verse 21. Verse 16 down to 21. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 16 to 21. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Praise God. He came to Nazareth. Hallelujah. Where he had been brought up. Hallelujah. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Verse 17. 
And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, that is Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Very important. And what was written? The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. Because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the broken hearted. To preach deliverance to the captive. Praise the Lord. To, re to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. Verse 19. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 20. It says, and he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastening on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your eyes. Very, very interesting account. We see that Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, God in the flesh, he condescended to our human level. He came to deliver us. He came to save us. He came to redeem us. He came to reconcile himself, uh, to reconcile us unto himself. But something very, very, very important happened in this account. The Bible says in his earthly ministry as a young man at this particular time, this was at the initial stage of his ministry, when he got into the synagogue as usual, he would go there and contend with the people, teach, and this time he was supposed to read the scripture. But then he opened the scripture and he was reading from the scroll that they had, the book that was given to him, he was reading in verse 18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Take note. He says, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, one thing I want you to pay attention to, very, very important, is that Jesus lay hold on the vision of his own personal life. Praise God. Jesus lay hold on the manual of his own personal life. Now we're in 2022. Today is the second day of 2022. The question is, what is God's plan for your life? What is God's will for your life? Do you know the vision, the mind of God regarding your life? What is the will of God for your life in 2022? Now, if God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, could go in the temple and read about his own life to understand, to know, and to reveal the mission of his life, the purpose of him being on earth, then you and I ought to know why we're here. What is the purpose of living? As long as we're alive, God has something in store for us. Hallelujah. What is God's intention? What is God's plan? 
Hallelujah. So Jesus himself had a manual to follow. Hallelujah. This was a guide. Praise God. This was the compass that he ought to follow throughout his life. And this was the purpose of Jesus coming to earth in the flesh. What is your purpose for living? What is your purpose as a husband for this year, 2021, 20, I mean 2022? What are your aspirations? What are your visions? What are your goals? What are your dreams? What are you aiming at? What are you believing God for? Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you know the prescription concerning your life? Do you know the will of God concerning your life? Listen to this now. What we discover in a summary in this particular account is that Jesus came to serve. He came to serve. He came as a sacrifice. Praise God. Hallelujah. And let me let you know from Genesis to Revelation, you discover that it wasn't just Jesus as God in the flesh only that came to serve. There are men and women that God called from the Old Testament unto the New Testament. God called them into service. Hallelujah. God called them. They were not, they were not uh, engaged in blind loyalty. They are serving God without a purpose. They are serving God without any idea, without any vision, any goal. No, it wasn't like that. In fact, each and every one of them that God called, God revealed to them the purpose of their calling. It is also interesting to note that when Jesus in his earthly ministry, when he was calling disciples, when he was choosing his 12 disciples, each and every one of them were busy. He didn't go out there and look for an idler. He looked for people that were busy, people that were engaged, people that were disciplined, people that were hardworking, people that were serious, praise God, people that are, who were visionaries. So Jesus called each and every one of them from what they were doing. Peter was a fisherman, hallelujah. Matthew, a tax collector. Luke, a medical doctor. And on and on and on. Praise God. So he didn't call anyone that was idle, anyone that was lazy, anyone that was careless, anyone that was without a vision, a goal in life. Because he himself has a goal. He himself has an agenda. There was a purpose for him being here on earth. Praise God. And so we'll see, as I said, from Genesis to Revelation, that the men who were called were called to serve. Now, when we talk about service, or we're talking about being a servant, sometimes it sounds demeaning based on the culture that you may find yourself. But that is not actually true. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because a lot of people, the moment you talk about service, or you talk about being a servant, it sounds a little bit demeaning. It's like me serving. Serving who? Why should I be serving? I expect others to serve me. Praise God. But honestly and truly, the actual fact is that everyone is a servant. It doesn't matter your profession. It doesn't matter your, 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 your status, your credentials. As long as you are engaged, hallelujah, in any contract or you are engaged in any service, you are a servant. Praise God. There are different fields and capacity to which we serve. And that is why another word for citizen is civil servant. Praise God. Hallelujah. You serve as a nurse. Serve as a doctor. Serve as a pastor. Serve as a businessman. Serve as a lawyer. Serve as a government employer. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can, you can, you can, you can even be a, 
a, a government minister, you are there to serve. Praise the name of the Lord. And that is one good thing that I like about this culture. When I came to this country, the first time I came, I was, I was amazed at the humility of people and the way they serve. Praise God. They take everything seriously. Hallelujah. And everyone, there is this, there's this mindset to say that, at, I mean, I'm going to work to serve. It's not just about the money, hallelujah, but it's about the kind of service that you and I will render. That is why even when they produce certain product, they make sure it's of certain quality. Hallelujah. Why? Because they want to serve the people. I remember one of these days, I was in one of these huge stores here in Toronto, and I went there to do something, you know, and I was waiting. They were rendering the service. A woman walked into the washroom and came out, and this woman was angry. She went to the, the cashier and says, why is your washroom like this? Da, 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 da. Inside of me, something just bob up. I'm like, what's wrong with this woman? Wouldn't she at least appreciate because, I mean, there's a washroom there? Who asked her to leave her house and come looking for a washroom? You know, in my mindset, and there's something, so you better shut up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. You don't understand. And I'm like thinking, what's going on? And within my spirit, I'm like, if this business is in this community, they are here to serve. Praise God. So it doesn't matter what, you know, they are obliged to deliver and deliver very well. So this woman also has a right to walk in there. And if the washroom is not okay, she has the right to complain. Praise God. Which means that these people were not delivering a proper service. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, as I said, serving is not demeaning, although some cultures sort of like assume that it is something demeaning or it is negative to be a servant. And these are the reasons why even if some people, even if they, they are serving at the prime minister's office as a cleaner, they will tell you I'm working at the prime minister's office. They won't tell you I'm a cleaner. <laughs> why? Because they don't believe that what they are doing is a service. Praise God. Or even if it is a service, they think that, oh, no, it's too low class. Praise God. It doesn't matter. Even if you're a medical doctor, you are a servant. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We must learn to appreciate each other. We must learn to compliment each other. Hallelujah. And we must also learn to put ourselves on the line for others. Praise God. That is service. Now go back to the account in Luke. We discover something. Jesus says that he came and the spirit of God is upon him. Take note of this. The spirit of God is upon him to, to, to do certain things. Look at the few things that he, he, he's going to do. Hallelujah. He said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed. The purpose of the anointing is to number one, preach the gospel to the poor. But it didn't stop there. It is not just the spiritual act the responsibility of preaching the gospel he says he had sent now the purpose of the anointing is to preach now the purpose of the sending is that he was sent to what to heal the brokenhearted that's a responsibility he was also sent to preach what deliverance to the captive also he was sent to do what recovering of sight to the blind sets at liberty them that are bruised all of these are responsibilities. Now take note. These are responsibilities that are both spiritual and physical at the same time. Praise God. They are both physical and spiritual at the same time. Now these responsibilities also reveal that the purpose of Jesus coming on earth is to serve. Is to serve. So he came as a servant. 
In fact, this was one of the reasons why the Jews find it difficult to believe that he's the Savior because they were expecting him to come in a majestic, unique form. No, he came. The Bible says he came to his own and his own received him not. Why? Because of the fashion on which he came. Praise God. Now, let's look at some biblical examples of men of God that God actually called and revealed to them the purpose of their calling. Hallelujah. In fact, some of them were born into this life because of the mission that God had in store for them. They have no reason to have lived this life, but because God actually wanted them to accomplish certain purpose, they were born into this life. Hallelujah. So the question is, why are you here on earth? Hallelujah. Let's look at one man as an example. We're going to be very, very fast. Because I have a lot to cover in a very short time. Praise God. One man as an example is Moses. The Bible says that Moses was personally handpicked by God for the deliverance of Israel. Personally, he was handpicked by God for the deliverance of Israel. Look at Exodus chapter 18. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 18 verse uh, chapter 8, sorry, Exodus chapter 8, verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1. Exodus chapter 8, 1, verse 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Chapter 8 first. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Don't forget that. You see that? So God is saying, to Moses, this is my res uh, your responsibility. And this is your purpose for living. This is what I assigned you to do to deliver my people. Hallelujah. Look at chapter 9, verse number 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, take note again. The Lord said unto Moses what? He said what? Go in unto Pharaoh and tell him, Thus the Lord, praise God, the God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. Hallelujah. Now take note of this. Now if you observe Moses carefully, you discover that at the time that Moses was born, praise God, the children of Israel were still in bondage. They cried unto the Lord. They begged God for help. They begged God for deliverance. And the Bible says the more they prayed, the more the Pharaoh that was there at that particular time increases their agony, their pain. Look at Exodus chapter 3 verse 6 to 10. Exodus chapter 3 verse 6 to 10. Chapter 3, back up a little bit. We're playing with the scriptures this morning. Chapter 3, hallelujah. Are we there? Uh, we're looking at verse 6 to verse 10. Look at God encounter with Pharaoh, um, 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 with this uh, man. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 3. Are we there? Verse 6 to 10. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. This was his encounter with God. Verse 7, God is going to reveal his plan and purpose. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their tax master. For I know their sorrows. Praise God. Verse 8, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out, bring them up out, that bring them up out of that land unto a good 
large land. Praise God. Hallelujah. Unto a good large land. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Kenyanite and the Hevites and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hevites and the Jebusite. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen what? He had seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Praise God. So God revealed to Moses his purpose. God is saying this is the reason why you were born. This is the agenda for your life. Hallelujah. This is the vision for your life. God revealed every single agenda for Moses. For him to know his purpose of living at this particular time. Praise God. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 very interesting. Verse 10 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord. You see that there? Praise God. Verse 10. Verse 10. Hallelujah. Look at it carefully. It is very, very interesting. Chapter 3, verse 10. It says, Come now, therefore, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. You see that? God called him in order to send him. I'll repeat that again. God called him in order to send him. He says, And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So that was the vision of God for Moses. Not just Moses. The Bible also talked about a man by the name of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to verse 10, God revealed himself to Jeremiah. He had an encounter and God told him that he had made him a prophet to the nations. God revealed to him that he had made him a prophet to the nations. Praise God. It is up on uh, uh, with Jeremiah, God also encountered a man by the name of Manoah and his wife and told him about the suffering of his people. Hallelujah. And the, the, the attack and the slavery and the, the bullied that the Philistines had been bullying the people of God, the children of Israel. So God told them that they are going to have a son by the name of Samson. According to Judges chapter 13. Let's see quickly Judges chapter 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're still laying our foundation. We're going somewhere. Praise God. Judges 13. Quickly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Are we there? I'll read from verse 1 down to verse 5. Judges 13, verse 1 to 5. And the children of Israel did evil against... They did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines. How many years? Forty years. Hallelujah. Hmm, that was too long. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of Danites, whose name was Manoah, praise the Lord. And his wife was barren, and bear not. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman, and said unto her, Behold now, hallelujah, thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive, and bear a son. Now therefore, look at verse 4, Beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine, nor strong drink, nor eat any unclean thing. Praise God. For lo, look at this. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son. <laughs> Very interesting. And no razor shall come on his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite unto God. Take note. A Nazarite unto God from the womb. 
He shall begin. Look at this. Look at this. He shall begin to do what? To deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So you see the purpose why Samson was born. He was born for the deliverance of Israel. So God revealed his plan and purpose to Samson. God revealed his plan and purpose to Jeremiah. Hallelujah. God revealed his plan and purpose to Moses. Praise God. Also there was a woman by the name of Hannah in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 2 verse 35. The Bible says at that particular time Israel backslided. Hallelujah. The high priest that was there, he also backslided. His sons were they were engaging in some abominable activities in the temple of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eli and his sons. And so the Bible says, God looked at this woman, Anna, that was crying and begging and pleading God for the fruit of the womb. And God assigned Samuel to her. Praise God. And this woman made a covenant to God to dedicate the child. Listen to this now. Let me just, let me just at least go through that. Then we go ahead. This woman had a problem. This woman was desperate. This woman was in need. But God also had a need. The nation of Israel had a need. Because at this particular time, the high priest already backslided. His children backslided. And so, there was no one that was in the place and in the house of God to represent God's people. So, at this particular time, God decided to use the need of this woman to become the solution of the nation. God decided to use the need of this woman to become the solution of the house of God. So sometimes you may be so much concerned and focused on your problems and what you don't know is that your problem can become a miracle and an opportunity to others. Praise God. And so she gave back to the young man by the name of Samuel, dedicated this man, and this young man that was dedicated became what? The next in line that took over from Eli and his sons. He was there as the high priest representing God's people. Hallelujah. If you look, if you look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35, let me just reveal that to you quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 2, chapter 2, and then verse 35. God said something. This came from the mouth of God himself. Chapter 2, verse 35. In the midst of the recklessness that was going on in the household of, of, of Eli, 2.35 says, God said, and I will raise me up a faithful priest. You see that? God says, I will raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. Someone that will do what is in my heart, what is in my mind, and I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before my, he shall walk before my anointed forever. So you see, that God has a purpose for Samuel. Do you know that even Jesus' life, according to the book of Luke, hallelujah, according to the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 27 down to verse 35, the purpose of Jesus is that he will come to save the world from their sins. Hallelujah. To save us. He came as a savior. Hallelujah. He didn't just jump overboard and say, okay, I'm going to come and, and what's, what's going on? No, he knows exactly what was wrong, what was going on. And that is why when we look at the text that we read from the book of Luke chapter 4, you see that it was revealed that he came to set the captives free, heal the brokenhearted, hallelujah, restore and on and on and on. Now take note, another man was John. John the Baptist, the Bible says, in fact, before the birth of John the Baptist, in his womb, in his mother's womb, 
in his mother's womb. The Bible says he received the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine that? The man had the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament in his mother's womb. You can see that in the book of St. John. Hallelujah. You can see that in the book of St. John, chapter 1, verse 23. You can also see that in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 13 to verse 17. That John the Baptist had the Holy Ghost right from conception. Hallelujah. But what was the purpose of John the Baptist? Why was he born? He was born as, 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 as one that would go ahead of the Messiah to prepare the way for the Lord. He was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. So every single one of them that God called from the Old Testament unto the disciples, the New Testament, God has a purpose. Hallelujah. God has a reason as to why they were born. Hallelujah. Why they were called into the ministry. So my question to you again, I'm going to be asking you this question. Why are you alive today? What is the purpose of God for your life? If God permits you to see 2022, what is the purpose? What is the reason? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What is God's agenda for your life? And this particular question should compel us to go back to God and say, God, now that you've permitted me to see this year, now that you've given me this opportunity, what do you want me to do? What is your will concerning my life? Hallelujah. What is the manual? What is the transcript for my life? What is the direction? Jesus read everything about himself. What do you know concerning yourself? What do you know concerning God's will for your life? Praise the name of the Lord. And we'll see that Jesus was able to fulfill God's purpose for his life. Hallelujah. And he did that in his servanthood. Hallelujah. Jesus served as a servant. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't come as king of kings and lord of lords. No, he was crowned as king of kings and lord of lords, but he came as a servant. Even though he's king of kings and lord of lords, he came as a servant. My question to you this morning, are you a servant? Are we serving God? There are several ways to which we could serve. You can serve others, and you can serve God and you can serve yourself. You can serve others according to Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. You can serve others in love. According to Colossians chapter 3 verse 24, you can serve God. You can serve God according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9. You can serve God according to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. You can serve God according to Acts chapter 26 verse 7. You can serve both God and man. Praise God. You can serve God and you can serve your fellow man. Praise God. That is the purpose to which you and I were created. Hallelujah. My question again to you is that what is your heart condition regarding service? Praise God. Are you a servant or are you a master? You know, in our time in which we're living, a lot of people are craving for leadership. Everybody wants to be the boss. Everybody wants to be the head. Everybody wants to lead. Nobody wants to humble themselves. Nobody wants to serve. Nobody wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to be instructed. Hallelujah. Nobody wants to be disciplined. Nobody wants to, to be shown or tell what to do. Especially in our culture. Don't tell me what to do. Whatever. Don't tell me what to do. I don't care. You know. Everybody wants to be independent. Hallelujah. But God wants us to be servant. 
And there are different kinds of servants in the household of faith. The Bible talks about the unprofitable servant in Luke chapter 17 verse 10. The Bible talks about the good and faithful servant in Matthew 25, 21. The Bible talks about a wicked and slothful servant in the book of Matthew 25, 26, Luke 19, 21, and 22. The Bible talks about the ignorant servant in Luke chapter 12, verse 14. The Bible talks about a sinful servant in the Romans chapter 6, verse 17, and St. John chapter 8, verse 34. The Bible talks about the righteous servant in Romans chapter 6, verse 18. The Bible talks about the servant of God in Romans chapter 6, verse 22. The Bible talks about the servant of God also in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16. The Bible talks about the obedient servant, Ephesians chapter 3, verse uh, chapter 6, verse 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 22, Titus chapter 2 verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse number 18. These are all the different kinds of servants that the Bible mentioned. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. If you are to excel this year, if you are to enjoy breakthrough this year, if you are to prosper this year, if you are to succeed in whatever you plan to do, if you are to live a life that should please God, if your life ought to glorify him, you must serve. You must serve. Because let me say this. The very first reason, the very first reason why you and I were saved, we are saved to serve. Praise God. We are saved to serve. Hallelujah. If, I, if you look at it from the Old Testament, the verses that I read, the Bible says that God sent Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt so that they may go to serve him in the wilderness. You can see that in Exodus chapter 8 verse 1. We read that. Exodus chapter 9 verse 1. God delivered them so that they will go and serve. So if you've been born again, you've been a child of God, you are not called into a life of laziness. Hallelujah. You are not called into a life of frivolity. You are called into service. You say, oh, whom the son set free is free indeed. But if you are an idler in the Christian life, praise God, you be engage in mischievous activities. Hallelujah. We are called to serve. You and I ought to be servant of God. Because even Jesus himself came as a servant. Praise God. God assigned Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt to go and serve him in the wilderness unto the promised land. They were there to serve God. Now let me break some eggs right now. You can serve in various capacity. You can serve in different ways. But do you know there are many believers out there giving their life to Jesus, being born again, Holy Ghost filled, but yet they are not engaged in service. Let me say this to you. You'll be shocked to know that your fulfillment will come as a result of service. For you to please God, it will come as a result of service. You want to prosper, you want to prosper. If you don't serve, you cannot prosper. Because even the businessman is also a servant. Oh, I want to succeed. I want to succeed. Oh, God, make a way. And if you are full of yourself, you are engaged in, in, in pride and arrogance, you won't succeed. Why? Because you don't want to serve. Praise God. Do you know that by serving others, you are serving God? Was it not Jesus who said, for whosoever that will do this, 
unto any one of uh, these little ones, he had done it unto me by giving a cup of water, by caring for the needy, by supplying the needs of others, by showing love and mercy and compassion. Hallelujah. So we are called out of bondage to serve. We are delivered out of the yoke of sin to serve. We are redeemed to serve. We are restored to serve. Now look at the book of Luke. Let's see the book of Luke. Let me show you something. Chapter 1 verse 70 to 75. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 70 down to 75. Let me reveal it to you in the New Testament. Although I've already revealed it to you in the Old Testament. We see that in Exodus. In many of the verses in Exodus. But look at it in the New Testament. Are we there? Verse 70 down to 75. I will read. It says, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophet, which have been seen, the war began. Which have been since the war began. Verse 71. That we should, we should be saved from our enemies. Take note. We should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. That is God's plan. 72. To perform the mercy promises. You see that there? To perform the mercy promised to our father. The promises that were promised to our fathers. Hallelujah. And to remember his holy covenant. Verse 73. It says the oath which he swore. That is God Almighty. That he swore to our father Abraham. That was that we being delivered out. Take note. The revelation is coming. We being delivered out of the hand of our enemies. What next? What next? What's our responsibility? We might what? Serve him without fear. So we are delivered to serve God. Take note. How can we serve God? Verse 75. Serve him without fear. And he described the way to which we are going to serve God. We will serve God how? In holiness and righteousness before him when and how? All the days of our lives. So as a child of God, you must realize that you are delivered, you are saved, and you are called into service, not to laziness, not to idleness. You are delivered, you are saved, you are called to holiness. You are delivered, you are saved, you are called to righteousness. Before God, not just to men, before God we must serve, before God we must be holy, before God we must fear, before God we must walk in righteousness, how and when, he says all the days of our lives well so sad, in the Christian faith today, all that we we'll see is that we have preachers that will tell you, you just name it and claim it, it's all by grace and it's all by faith, and let me say this to you if they don't balance the gospel hallelujah they don't balance the truth. Hallelujah. Many will run themselves down erroneously into teachings and doctrines that sort of like deny the essence of our salvation. Praise God. If all that you know is faith, 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 you're going to miss out. If all that you know is the mercy of God, the grace of God, you're going to miss out. If all that you know is prayer and healing and deliverance, you're going to miss out. The gospel is supposed to be holistic. We are delivered. We are called. We are saved. We are set free. We are redeemed. We are reconciled to serve God in fear. Hallelujah. 
hallelujah we are also called in holiness hallelujah we are called in the righteousness of god and we are also called to live these lives every single day of our life so the issue of righteousness is a daily lifestyle the issue of holiness is a daily lifestyle the issue of being a servant is a daily lifestyle Every day you must look out for someone that you can serve. Who can I serve? How can I help you? How can I be a blessing to you? In our Christian life, we've been taught to receive, receive, receive. Oh, receive, receive, receive. The only time you hear men of God talk about giving is when it's time for offering. When it's time to pay your tithe. When it's time to make a special contribution. No, you ought to give to others. You ought to give personally, financially, morally, hallelujah. You have to give in many areas. Relationally, you ought to give. Someone is in need. Extend a hand of love. Care for them. Support them. Hallelujah. Encourage them. Lift them up. Hallelujah. And so, as you do so, the Bible says, that's how, that's the, the method, that's the, the routine to which you and I will excel in this life. Praise the name of the Lord. So we also see clearly that we are called to serve God. Hallelujah. How can we identify the plan of God for our lives? How can we identify the will of God for our lives? Praise the Lord. How can we identify God's intention for our lives? We're going to look at biblical examples now. Biblical examples of those who serve God. And as we do so, we can easily identify our own areas. We can easily identify our own callings. Praise God. We can also identify where God wants us to serve. Let's look at the very first example. And that example is of the Lord himself, Jesus. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Matthew 20, 28. Matthew chapter 20. Are we there? Verse 28. Hmm. Let's take it from verse um, 26. He says, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your what? Your minister. That word there is servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your what? Your servant again. Even, take note, even, you see the example. He himself is speaking of himself now. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Two things you see there. Servanthood and sacrifice. Oh God, this year, bless me. Oh God, this year, I pray I will exceed. Oh God, this year, I pray God, I will break you. The breakthrough will come as a result of your service. Just serve. When you serve, as you keep serving, doors are opening. The Bible says the gift of a man maketh room for him. It's not just talking about your gift of singing, your gift of preaching, or all of this. No, that gift must be used to serve others. When you use the gift of God to serve others, and people see what you're capable of doing, and see the potential, they say, oh, we can trust this man. We can trust this woman. Oh, this is the path. Oh, this is the way. That's how we make it in life. You don't fake it. To make it now. It takes character. You must have the character. The Bible says that even the son of man came not to be ministered unto. Ah, 
See pride in the churches today. See arrogance. You must call me Papa. You must call me Bishop. Oh, I'm your father in the Lord. Oh, I'm your pastor. Don't you know? Yes, those respect and those honor, these are, those things are very, very good. But we begin to turn them into a form of idolatry now. So all that people go to church to do now is to heal the Papa. And to some of us who are gifted, the moment you begin to do miracle, the moment you begin to prophesy, you begin to do mighty things. Oh, you see, the realm of idolatry begin to enter in, to flow in. So now God doesn't take the glory. Praise God. When you stand, you say, I, I, I was in the conference yesterday and when I shout hallelujah, people were falling under the anointing. What do we see there? Manifestation of pride. Pride. Sometimes we see some kind of witchcraft, witchcraft manipulation in the churches today. You see, the pastor wants everybody to serve him and he doesn't serve anyone. Believers, pastor's wife, men of God, whoever you are, you want everybody to recognize you, respect you, honor you. The question is, who are you honoring? Who are you recognizing? Who are you respecting? Be unto others as you may want them to do unto you. This is what has destroyed the African community. When I came to this country, I was surprised. The very first job that I had, my manager was on the floor, which is still to. I was like, manager? So this is the man. He said, yes. He was busy working. <laughs> we are asking the African culture. When he said, that's the manager, you see him with tie and suit. He will come and say, hey, 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 and, and direct. But here, you see the manager on the ground. <laughs> Getting himself messed up with the job, you don't joke with that. He's an example to let you know that if you don't do what I'm doing, you are out of the door. They don't compromise. Praise God. Hallelujah. So Jesus himself was teaching here and he was saying to them, if you want to be at the top, start from beneath. If you want to be the head, start from beneath. Praise God. We see these days others use friends and family members or whatever. They use others as ladder. They step on you, they climb up to get to where they want to go. And the moment they get there, they kick the ladder away so that you will not climb up to get to meet with them. Manipulation. Wickedness. Listen, this is a secret that will bless your heart. If you know the secret, this 2022, you are not going to struggle for recognition in Jesus' name. If you lay hold on this secret, life will not be a burden. You will not be going out there to ask yourself, oh, what are they doing for me? Oh, how did, are they going to help me? Oh, brother, you didn't give me this. Oh, sister, you will not be looking out for handout. You will not beg your bread. Just go there and serve. Serve. Do you know? Hmm, do you know that um, Joseph's dream that he had, that the dream that Joseph had, was that his brothers were bowing down to him. Okay, fine. Now, after they sold Joseph, do you know what happened to Joseph? Since the day they sold him to the Egyptian, they sold him as slave, a servant. He kept serving, serving. He served in prison. He served in Potiphar's house. He served in Pharaoh's house. And by the time, you know, he kept serving until he served his way to the throne. In a foreign land. He served his way to the throne. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So as believers, we must be ready. We must be willing to serve God and to serve others. If we're not ready to serve, we're going to hurt ourselves. Look at Philippians chapter 2, 
Jesus himself as an example. You can write Mark chapter 10 verse 45, but look at Philippians chapter 2 verse number 7. Philippians 2, 7. Jesus as a living example how Jesus served. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Are we there? Let's see verse number 7. Verse 7. He said, but made himself, that is Jesus, made himself of no reputation. Well, don't you know I'm doctor so and so and so? Well, don't you know I am chief so, 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 so and so? Well, don't you know my family? Don't you hear my name? Oh, what's wrong with you? Don't you know I'm the boss here? And don't you, why won't you recognize me? No, no, no. You don't, you don't fight for recognition. No. This year, if you want to succeed, if you want to break through, just serve. Just humble yourself. Look at it. God Almighty, the Bible says, he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a king. Is that what we read? Took upon himself the form of a supervisor, the director, the boss. Imagine God came to this life, decided to be a servant. Ah, no, this is a contradiction. You, almighty God, you didn't come as an angel, even though you came as a man. But no, 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 we should, we could, we should call you Chief Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We should call you Oga Jesus. Oh, we should call you His Excellency. Oh, Your Majesty, sir. No, no, no. He came, he decided deliberately to come as a servant. We must learn from Jesus. You see, we don't teach our people to be humble these days. We teach them that, oh, you shall be the head and not the tail. Oh, you shall be the head and not the tail. It's in the Bible that you shall be the head and not the tail. The question is, how do we get to the head? How to become the head? That's what I'm showing you now. So those of you that will be shouting, Oh, I shall be above only and not beneath. I shall be the head and not the tail. It's because you are arrogant. You're full of self. Pride. You are craving what you don't deserve. That is why you are quoting those promises. But if you are honest and you are sincere, you are a genuine child of God. And you look at yourself, you look at the way you behave, the life that you live. You know that you are not qualified to be the head. Because it takes you certain qualities or certain requirements to get to the head. So don't just quote the word of God ignorantly. Oh, we shall be the head and not the tail. In the name of Jesus, I shall be the head. I shall be the head. And you are so rude and disrespectful to your colleagues among yourself. But you want to be the head. Listen. Becoming the head is not a miracle. It's a process. Becoming the head is a process. It's like what we used to say. Oh, the Bible says, ah, I shall build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Oh, Satan, you shall not prevail. Oh, demons, you shall not prevail. Are they not prevailing? Why are they prevailing? They are prevailing in the lives of some believers. Why are they prevailing? Because they do not allow the first concept of God to happen in their life. The Bible says, I shall build my church. You are the church. You don't allow God to build you in righteousness. You don't allow God to build you in holiness. You don't allow God to build you through obedience, through humility, through patience, temperance, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is not in you. That God's supposed to use to build you. So after you've been built, then the Bible says the gate of hell shall not prevail. But you still have anger. And you are believing that the gate of hell shall not prevail. Come see. You still have bitterness and unforgiveness. Jealousy. You still have secret sin. You still have backbiting, hatred. 
all these things are within you. And the Lord is trying to build you so that those garbage will be out. And you refuse. But then you go out there and shout at the devil. No wonder you have failed several times. This 2022, stop making bold face. Be real. Be honest. Be true to yourself and serve. Look at it again. It says, verse 7. It says, he made himself of no reputation, no status. No status, whatever. And took upon him a form of a servant and was made, take note now, was made in the likeness of men. So that is how many religious leaders, they miss Jesus. The Jewish people, they miss the Messiah. He came in the way that they never expected. Say, ah, born in a manger. A manger, in fact, there was no place in the inn for him. How come? What they did not know is that he came as the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And as a lamb of God, he was supposed to be born at the manger. Hallelujah. So a lot of these things that they don't know, the reason why many of us are stranded is because we don't go into the principles of the word of God. We just quote promises. And we fail to understand that there are principles. And each and every promises of God are conditional. We don't pay attention to that. Praise the Lord. So the Bible clearly says that Jesus emptied himself, humbled himself as a servant. A servant. A servant. He was the head, but he came as a servant. He is God as a servant. He is all-powerful as a servant. Omnipotent, a servant. Now, if, if Jesus came and said, I'm a servant, who, who, who do you think you are? Or what will your, will your own position be? If he is a servant... As the head, he's a servant. How much more you? Who are you? Praise God. Hallelujah. So if you don't want to be servant, it means that you are out of the number. You are counting yourself out. Praise the Lord. So Jesus came as a servant. Luke chapter 22, 27. Luke twenty-two twenty-seven. 27. Hallelujah. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 22, are we there? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 22. Let's see verse 27. What does it say? Hmm. It says, for whither is greater. Take a look now. <laughs> Jesus is teaching now. Interesting. It says, for whither is greater, he that seated at meat or he that serveth. You have to answer that. Who is great? It's not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. You know, when I'm reading this right now, I don't know, I don't know, I feel rubbish. You understand what I mean? I feel so rubbish about myself. Can you imagine that? As I'm reading. If Jesus is telling you that he is a servant, praise God, in, 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 in your own world, in your own psychosocial world, in your own logical mindset, in your own philosophical terrain, you believe that whoever sits on the table is the head, is the boss. Oh, he's right. He knows all. He's powerful. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. It's not like that. It's not like that. 
Not the one that is well-dressed when he comes and says, hi, 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 how are you doing? How are you doing, man? How are you doing? Ah, that's the guy, that's the guy. In your eyes, that's the guy. But in the sight of God, he's not recognized. Are you getting it now? Praise God. So if you're going to succeed, 2022, humble yourself. Humble yourself. Be a servant. Be a servant. Go and serve. Serve at the church. Serve in your community. Serve your husband. Serve your children. Serve your parents. Serve your friend. Serve your workmates. Serve your colleague at school. Serve everyone. And by serving them, you are going to discover a whole lot that you've never known. Or you've never experienced. Matthew 25. 25-21. Matthew 25-21. Hallelujah. You must learn to serve. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 25. Are we there? I'll read verse number 21. Very interesting. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what? Faithful servant. Take note. He is called a faithful, not master, not king, not lord, servant. Look at this. Why, why, why? Why is he called a faithful servant? Thou hast been faithful. Faithful over what? Thou has been faithful over a few, few, few things. You see that? So when God wants to raise you up, he doesn't just, I've never seen in my Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God just speaks somebody overnight, boom, catapults them and say, that's it, that's who you are and that's what I've made you. And that's, don't, don't, don't even care about them. Don't look at their faces. I place you there. <laughs> you, become, you become a catastrophe at the end. Amen. It's like a time bomb that, 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 that is about to explode. You cannot take a novice overnight and make them prime minister, and make them manager, and make them doctor. Now, take for instance, now you can't take me to the theater and say, hey, pastor, come do this operation for me. Even the ordinary appendicitis that they just give injection for here. Come call me to split your belly. I'll kill you. <laughs> Why? Because that is not my fear. That is not my area. Praise God. Hallelujah. But a doctor that has been trained, tried, tested, learned the field and, and, and knows everything about the, the human anatomy, knows what to do, how to cut, what not to cut, what to touch, every single detail. So Jesus is teaching here again. He's saying... His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over few things. Not much, not crowd. Look at it now. Because when you were down there as a servant, you were faithful. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Why? He's been faithful with the little. $10 was faithful. $20 was faithful. $30 was faithful. You see, we're craving for the mundane things of this life. And as such, we're being exposed to many temptations. You want, you want to be the head overnight. You want to become a millionaire overnight. You want to become a man of God overnight. You want to become the next bishop overnight. You want to get married overnight. You want to have the baby over everything you want. It's instant. We're living in an instant war. Drive to McDonald's, Tim Hortons, Burger King. Before you know, it's a fast pace. They call them fast food. So you want everything fast. God is not like that. God is not like that. 
praise the Lord. God is not like that. You must understand the process, the channel. And that is servanthood. Servanthood. You must learn to serve and sacrifice. Even Paul. Paul, the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 9. With all the gifts that Paul had. With all his anointing. <laughs> with all the, the things that he, he accomplished for the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19. Chapter 9, are we there? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 19. I love this. I love this. This is very interesting. It says, for though I be free from all men, take note, even though I am free from all men, yet I have made myself deliberate act. Do you see that there? Made myself intentionally, deliberately. He made himself servant unto her. Just as Jesus decided to make himself servant for your salvation. Paul made himself servant unto all that I might gain the more. You see that? That I might gain the more. That I might gain the more. That I might succeed the more. That I might prosper the more. That I might be victorious the more. But the only way for you to gain the more is to be humble as a servant. Don't you your neighbor say get down. So you must go down. You must be humble. The Bible says, except a grain of wheat fall to the ground and die, it abideth alone. That's humility. That's servanthood. You must die to self. You must die to your own personal ungodly ambitions. Anything that contradicts the word of God, you must die to it. And in doing so, you will be able to gain the more. Can you imagine Paul with all, all that he, 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 if you look at the life of this man and what he accomplished for God, you'll be surprised. If you look at the thing that God called him to do, and you begin to wonder, you ask yourself, so where am I? If a man like this, an apostle who planted many churches, reached out to many people, was humble. How about you and I? How about us? Praise the name of the Lord. How can we become servants of God? How? How can we serve? How can we serve? Number one, let's deal with that. How can we serve? We can serve with a perfect heart. Or we should serve with a perfect heart. We must make sure that our heart condition is right. We must make sure. Remember the last time we dealt with an issue where the Bible said that I think it was Amaziah who served. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a perfect heart. If you look at the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 28, verse 9, the Bible talks about our heart condition. What is your intention? They said, let's go for all night prayer. He said, oh, you know, I only go to all night prayer because he called me, he forced me to do it. Your heart condition is not right. Praise God. Why are you out there trying to marry to that sister? Why do you want to marry that sister? Or because she's wealthy. They say she works at the bank and she has money. Wrong heart condition. What is your purpose of serving God? Oh, I'm, I'm in church so that God will heal me. That God will provide. That God will deliver. Wrong intention. 
Healing is not bad. Deliverance is not bad. Miracle is not bad. But what is the primary purpose? The relationship between you and God. That is very much more important. Do you know there are people who are in church. They say they are a church member, but they don't love God. Why? What, 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 what is the purpose of them being in the church? Was because they said, oh, my family member goes to that church. That's why I'm going there. Oh, my, my husband is the one that is dragging me to go to church every time. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be there. Heart condition. So even when you are there, you are there, but you are not there in actual sense. Say, so give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. Well, let's give for the kingdom of God. Let's give for the house of God. So, ah, this pastor, they like money. Every time money, every time money. When you go to the mall and spend $5,000, it doesn't, it doesn't cross your heart to say, ah, something is wrong. You spend $5,000, buy sneakers, buy bags, buy this, buy that, everything. And you come to the church that very same weekend and you only drop $10, $20. You think you are doing God a favor. Your heart is not right. That's what I feel like giving to God. Ah, it's God that you are talking to like that. Hallelujah. Anything that has to do with God is offensive. It's like they are coming after you. They want to control me. They want to tell me what to do. You're not a servant. A servant is humble. A servant is one who has surrendered his or her will unto the Lord. You must serve the Lord with a perfect heart. According to 1 Chronicles 28.9, you can write that down. You must serve the Lord, number two, with fear. Serve him with fear. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13, Joshua 22, 5, 4 Samuel chapter 7 verse number 3. We must serve the Lord with fear, godly fear. Godly fear. When pastor is around, pastor is not around, whatever you are doing, you make sure you do it right. You have a transaction with a brother or a sister this year, and you are signing a contract or a business. Make sure that the contract or the business is legit. Make sure you put your money in the right place and make sure you're not doing it to dupe the next person, to hurt the next person. Because remember, whatsoever a man sowed, that shall he also reap. So when Jesus looked at the prescription of his life, he looked at the manual, he looked at the vision, he looked at what he ought to do you realize that these things were involved. A perfect heart, the fear of God, and not only that, one concept. You must have one concept. The Bible talks about having a single eye. The Bible talks about us having a focus, a clear concept. In the book of Ze uh, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 9, it talks about that. You see St. John chapter 12, verse 26, these are the ways to which we must serve God. A pure, a perfect heart, hallelujah, serve him with fear, Hallelujah. One concept, the concept of righteousness. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if a man's ways pleases the Lord, he will even make his enemies to be at peace with him. Hallelujah. We must also serve God. Hallelujah. Through consecration and sacrifice. Consecration and sacrifice. I want us to see these ones. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Romans 12. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the masses of God that you present. Okay, let's go there. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the masses of God that you present your what? Your bodies. Praise God. Hallelujah. How are you going to present your bodies? As a living what? Sacrifice. Praise God. Sacrifice. And it says, holy acceptable unto God. But look at the end. It says, which is your 
reasonable service. And this was what God gave to me concerning the theme. Service and sacrifice. Service and sacrifice. Now, what is interesting about this is that you remember Jesus emptied himself. Remember Paul says also the same thing, that he decided to humble himself and to be a servant, to make himself a servant. Now, look at this account. He's saying that Paul is saying, I beseech you that you do this again yourself. Jesus did it himself. Paul did it by himself. And so you also have the same right to do it by yourself. Nobody's going to make you a servant if you don't want to serve. You must be willing. It must come out of your own will. Deliberate decision. Look at it. You present your bodies. Nobody's going to do it for you. Do it yourself. Make yourself a living sacrifice. Number one. Number two, holy. Number three, acceptable unto God. These are the requirements. It's not just, oh, I'm a sacrifice, I'm a sacrifice. Are you a living sacrifice? Is your prayer life alive? Your commitment alive? Your consecration? Your worship alive? Everything must be alive. Nothing dead here. Living sacrifice. Yourself being living. Your spiritual life alive. Praise God. Living sacrifice. Holy. Godly. Pure. Sanctified. And it should be acceptable unto the Lord. Not unto the church. Oh, the church, they, they like me. They say I should come and join the choir. God doesn't count you in. They will count you in, but God is saying, no, 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 not this one. You get the point now. Acceptable unto God. You can drop 10,000 as an offering in the sight of God. He's saying, no, 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 I don't accept it. Somebody can drop an, uh, $5 and God says, yeah, that's one I accept. Why? The heart condition is what God looks at. God looks at the, the, the mannerism, the characteristics of this individual. What is your intention? What is, what, is, what is your heart condition? How sincere are you? Is it burning out of a sincere sacrifice? Look at it now. It should be acceptable unto the Lord. Your body must be acceptable unto the Lord. Your worship must be acceptable unto the Lord. Your giving must be acceptable unto the Lord. Your prayer must be Everything must be acceptable. Not unto the pastor. Not unto the church because the pastor might be your husband. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not unto the church doctrine, but unto the Lord, God himself. Because he's the one that is going to, he's the one that is going to judge you. He's the one that sees all things. He knows everything. The Bible says, the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked above all who can know it. He said it must be holy, acceptable sacrifice, holy, Acceptable unto God, which is, take note now, is your reasonable service. And there's a benefit for this. The reason why you need to sacrifice and engage in service is because, take note now, take note now, you must serve why? It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, praise God, by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove you may prove. Many of us are unable to prove. Take note now. We are unable to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you get that? So if you want to know, take note now, if you want to prove what is good this year, present yourself a living sacrifice. If you want to prove that which is good this year, don't conform yourself to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what that means? Renewing of your mind. Transformation, very essential. By that you are able, you're going to be able to prove what is that good. 
Many of us don't know what is good. Everything the enemy gives to you, you swallow hook, line, and sinker. And before you know, you realize you swallow, swallow hooks and poison. You want to vomit them out. It's not possible now. It's difficult. You have something to struggle with and fight with over your life. Why? Because you never paid attention to yourself. It starts with yourself. Presenting yourself. Make yourself acceptable. Living sacrifice. Reasonable service. Transformed. Not conformed. Hallelujah. Renew your mentality. Your mindset. Praise God. Then you'll be able to prove what is good. Number one. Number two. Acceptable. Hallelujah. Number three. Perfect. You prove what is good. Acceptable. Perfect will of God. Will of God. Oh, I don't know the will of God for my life. I don't know what God wants me to do. Oh, I don't know what God wants me to say. I don't know where God wants me to go. I don't know who I should marry. I don't know when I should start. Oh, God didn't say anything to me. You are unable to know. Why? Because you are not a sacrifice as yet. You are not engaged in service as yet. Praise God. You have not presented yourself as yet. Praise God. May I say this to you? God can deal with weaker vessels, but God cannot deal with filthy vessels. Praise God. Hallelujah. If a cup is not that strong, say, let me say, it's a paper cup, the cup is weak, and whatever, God can pour his anointing in that cup, and he can sustain it. But if that cup is dirty, God won't pour anything in there. Why? Because it's going to mess up everything. You cannot eat from a dirty plate. You cannot drink from a dirty cup. Hallelujah. But even if the cup is weak and the plate is weak, a paper plate that may be bending, you can still eat from it because it, it, it's able to sort of like contain the food or the pressure or the heat or whatever. Can I ask you, are you able to prove the will of God for your life? Oh, pastor, I don't know the will of God. Many Christians, that is, if you want to embarrass them, ask them what is the will of God for your life. The first thing they do, they scratch their head. They say, um, uh, I don't know, I'm just living by faith. That's ignorance. So they use faith to cover up what is called ignorance. Well, what is the will of God for you this year? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm just praying. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. They use ignorance and trust to cover their weaknesses. You must know the will of God. Don't engage in blind loyalty. And the only way you can know the will of God is when you present yourself. When you make yourself worthy, available. Praise God. Then you'll be able to understand God's perfect plan for your life. Praise the name of the Lord. In 1 Chronicles chapter 29 verse 5, the Bible says that we must gather those who have made themselves, consecrated themselves by sacrifice. They have a covenant with God by sacrifice. They are ready to sacrifice. Sacrifice. Oh, pastor, the weather today, the weather is cold and I can't come to church. They're not ready yet. Praise God. Oh, you know, I cannot give yet because, pastor, uh, financially I'm tight. You know, I have some money, but uh, I can't afford it. They're not ready yet. Praise God. Sacrifice. Sacri Can you imagine God abandon his throne to come down to see us? Finally, let's look at the last point. The benefits. The benefits of your service. The benefits of your service. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 22. The benefits of your service. I'm going to be very fast because I want to round up. It's about 1, 110 right now. Romans chapter 6. Thank you Jesus. Verse 22. Are we there? 
What does it say? Romans 6.22. Hallelujah. He said, but now be made free from sin. Take note. You are made free from sin and become what? Servant of God. Do you see that there? Because you've been made free. Number one, you have freedom first from sin. Number two, you are made servant of God. Hallelujah. You become servant of God. Look at what's going to happen to you. Ye have your fruits unto holiness. The fruit there is holiness and the end is what? Everlasting life. That is the benefit. The benefit of service and sacrifice leads to a holy, victorious life. Not only that, it brings you everlasting life. So even to go to heaven, it takes the nature of a servant to get there. We read that from the book of Matthew. So well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Matthew 25, verse 23 is there. Job, Job, Job 36, verse 11. Look at the benefit. Look at the benefit. People say, I want to prosper in this life. Oh, God, increase me. Oh, God, make a way. Open the doors. Open doors. Oh, open doors. Oh, we're praying marathon, prayer marathon, fasting, but we're not ready to sacrifice and serve. Look at Job 36. I love this. Very interesting. You're going you're to smile when you read this, but it's conditional. It's the promise of God, but it's conditional. Job 36, 11. Are we ready for this? Very interesting. This is from the Lord, right? And he's saying, if they obey and serve him, if we obey and serve God. Do you see that there? So service is required. Obedience is required. Consecration is required. If they obey and serve him, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's there. They shall spend their days in what? Prosperity. 500 principle to prosperity. That's not what the Bible says. Oh, every witch is a wizard from my father's house, from my village. This guy that is shouting, every witch is a wizard from my father's house. I bind you. I break you. Break, 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 break. They haven't broken themselves yet. But they are breaking the, 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 the witches and wizards. You know why it's not working? It's right there. They are not obedient to God and they are not serving God. If you are not obedient to God and if you are not serving God, things are going to be hard. Things are going to be difficult. Challenges are going to be showing up in your life. You're going to experience battles. But look at it. If you will obey and if you serve God, look at what's going to happen. You will spend your days. 365 days of the year you will enjoy it so this 2022 every single one of your days you see it's not day it's said there are days in what in prosperity i'm not looking for prosperity i'm not chasing after prosperity i'm not gonna go fast 300 days to prosper no the secret is obedience and servanthood obedience and service obedience and service that is in your bible Hallelujah. You need deliverance. Or you need a breakthrough deliverance. Or you need the anointing to be poured on you. We need to anoint you so you will prosper. We need to, we need, we need, we need, we, in fact, we want you to make a contribution so that as you make this contribution, God will open doors for you. Those are all fake Christianity. It's not in my Bible. What is there is, you obey God. Serve God. And what's going to happen the Bible says you are going to spend your days in prosperity. It didn't stop there. 
And it says, and your years, every year of your life will become pleasurable. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? If I give you a theory now, I say, okay, if you put $1,000 right now on my hand, you give me $1,000 and I'll switch it to $1 million. Won't you do it if it is true? Yes, come see your speed. You will bring more than $1,000. You give me $1,000, I'll give you a million. Right now, I'll switch it and I'm able to do it. But, 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 you see, it's done. You go and look for more. You trust it. Can't you trust the promises and the principles of God's word? God will never lie. God will never fail. And God will never break his word. Hallelujah. He will cause everything to work together for your good. In Acts chapter 2 verse 18. Acts chapter 2 verse 18. The next five minutes I'll be done. Acts chapter 2. Are we there? Thank you Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse number 18. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. Are we ready for this? Acts 2 verse 18. What are the benefits of service? Chapter 2 verse number 18. And on my servant, do you see that there? On my servant, what's going to happen? On my servant and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit and they shall prophesy. You want the gift of God, you want the spirit of God upon your life, you want the anointing, just serve. Those things are not coming on anyone anyhow, they are coming only upon the servants of God. So you see, when you serve, you enjoy prosperity. When you serve, your years will be in pleasure. When you serve now, you're going to enjoy the spirit of God be poured upon your life. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We look at Joel chapter 2 verse 29. Joel chapter 2 verse 29. Thank you, Jesus. Minor prophet Joel chapter 2 verse 29. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Joel 2 29. What does it say? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It says, also upon my servant, upon the servant and upon the handmaidens in those days I will pour out my spirit. So the spirit of God is available for those who are servants. Not those who are arrogant. Not those who think that they can control God and they do whatever they want to do. Psalm 50 verse number 5. Psalm 50 verse number 5. Psalm chapter 50 verse 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 50 verse 5. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalm chapter 50 verse number 5. I'll read. It says, Gather my sins together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. So in other words, God wants us to be able to live a life of sacrifice, a life of service. So a life of service and sacrifice brings glory unto God. It brings glory unto God. It brings glory unto God. So God expects us as believers, as Christians, to walk in accordance with his word. So this 2022... If you want to prosper, it has to do with what? Service. If you obey and serve. If you want to be the head, serve. If you want to overcome, serve. You want to experience breakthrough, serve. You want deliverance, serve. You want God to bless you, serve. Everything is centered on service. And when we serve God, God in return 
will bless us. God in return will increase us. God in return will transform us. God in return will deliver us. And God in return will raise us up to where we ought to be. So finally, let's look at the account and we'll pray. Go back to the book of Luke. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 4, 16 to 21. Let's see verse 18. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Praise God. How can you preach the gospel if you are not a servant? It takes a servant to obey this instruction, follow through and preach the gospel. That's number one. Number two, he had sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you are going to go there as a healer to heal the brokenhearted, these are all people who are in need. These are people who are desperate. These are people who are despair. These are people who are confused and they need help through service. Service. Hallelujah. Serve and ready to sacrifice. And to, the Bible says, and recovering of sight to the blind. The blind that wants to see, you need to serve and to sacrifice. That's how the blind could see. To set at liberty them that are bruised. If you're going to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, beloved, these two things are very, very essential. So when God told me, he says, the theme for this year, for this church, this branch, is that it's service and sacrifice. I'm like, wow. And I begin to ponder, what is it about? How, how much have we not served? Service, engagement, and all. Then God begins to open my eyes. And I begin to realize, according to the word of God, that he himself came as a servant. He served. And when you look at the transcript, you look at the manual of Jesus' life. You look at the purpose, the mission, the vision of Almighty God upon the face of this earth is centered on service and sacrifice. Do you know that there are opportunities out there that are waiting for you? There are miracles that are waiting for you. Provisions that are waiting for you. Increase that are waiting for you. Everything out there that God has in store for you is only going to come through this means of sacrifice. It's going to come through this means of service. These two things, service, sacrifice. A young man went for a job interview. He met a young man outside. And... Uh, he looked at this young man and said, excuse me, and where is your office? Where is your office? He says, uh, right there. Because the young guy is, is like of his age, you know, so he didn't sort of like recognize the guy. He didn't pay attention to him. Hey, where is your office? Where is your office? He said, over there. Over there. And he goes there and says, uh, the guy asks him, in fact, he says, what, what happened? How can I help you? He said, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I'm just here to drop my application. Don't worry, don't worry. The guy said, excuse me. He said, no, don't, don't worry. No, uh, I'm going to the office. I'm going to the office. He underestimated the guy that he met out there because he's a young man. Goes into the office. 
And they looked at the secretary and said, hi, how are you doing, madam? I'm here to drop my application and this and that and that. I came to apply for a job. Oh, the secretary said, oh, the manager is in charge. And she goes into the office and the manager is not there. So, oh, he may be outside there for break. And then the lady said, just wait for a few minutes. He will come back. His mind did not even click to say, well, maybe that's the guy there out there that he met. A few minutes afterwards, the guy came in. <laughs> and uh, the secretary says, uh, that's the manager. He was shocked. He was shocked. This is a dream job that he's been praying for, believing God for, and hoping to get. God made the way. He met the guy out there. This guy that would have been difficult for him to reach. He just ignored him. The guy said, may I help you? He said, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to the office. Praise God. Why? The attitude. The mannerism. The way he, he, he displayed himself. And then he says, hello, oh, I didn't know you were the manager. Uh, I, I came to drop my application. The guy just took the application and said, okay, I'll call you later. He didn't even open it. He didn't even bother. As soon as the guy turned his back, he just dropped it in the garbage. In other words, he's like, people like this are not welcome here. <laughs> you understand? If you don't know how to serve, you don't know how to relate, you don't know how to interact. There's a show that used to come on TV. I forgot this show. Now nah, I forgot the name. But usually the managers will go into those companies undercover secretly and behave as if they are one of those uh, 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 employees and they are working and all of that. And this CEO or manager or director will be talking to these people and they might not even know that that's the owner of the business or that's the boss and all of that. And then after some time, they will leave and call them to the office and then they will realize, oh my God, oh my God, so you're the manager, you're the this, you're the that. Some of them are shocked. Some people lost their job. Others gained promotion. Others gained some other advantage that were, um, benefit that were given to them and all of that. Why? Because of the way they serve. Are you serving your community? Are you serving your friends? Are you serving your family? May I say this to you before I close? That serving is one of the most challenging responsibilities to do. It's one of the most challenging responsibilities to do. Because sometimes you will serve and people will not appreciate you. Continue to serve. Sometimes you are serving and people don't even recognize you. Continue to serve. Sometimes you are serving and nobody rewards you. Continue to serve. Sometimes you are serving and you are serving in pain. Continue to serve. Sometimes where you served, you might not get the reward there. But as you keep serving along, a lady had a breakdown on the road. This young man was driving and saw this lady pulled over on the highway and decided to go and serve. He helped the lady change the tire, fix up everything, and the lady gave, she gave her his car, uh, her card. She gave this young man the card. And so when she gave him her card, the guy was like, she said, call me, just call me, just call me, you know. The guy did it sincerely. It wasn't because oh, he needed money or whatever. No. He just served this woman out of love, out of care and concern. And he left. And then he didn't call the lady. And then one day he was just thinking. And then somehow the thought came in. Oh, let me just try this lady. Called the lady. Then she was like, 
this and that, explain the job, explain everything that she's doing. And the guy got to the place, got to the workplace. He was shocked to realize that this lady owned the company as the CEO. She owned the company. She called him to the office and said, what are your professions? What can you do? Whatever you can do, this is my place. You can come in and walk. He was shedding tears of joy, crying. He doesn't know what to say. He was confused. Eventually, he got an offer. As I'm speaking to you now, he's a manager in that very same company. Why? He helped this unknown woman, this strange woman on the highway. Listen. Jesus served and the whole world is now preaching the gospel and many of us are saved. Why? Because of the salvation of Jesus Christ. He came and served every sinner. He served everyone and he gave his life. Can I ask you this question this moment? Are you ready and willing to serve the Lord? Can we pray? Are you ready and willing to serve others? Can we pray? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your tender mercies and grace. Lord, we want to repent this morning for every sin of pride, arrogance, lying, deceitfulness, self-centeredness. We're begging you, Lord. Father, we're expecting big things this year, great things this year. But great things are going to come in small packages. The big things are not coming in mysterious ways. They are coming in simple form. Lord, we're begging for your mercy. Whatever we will have sinned against you. Many times we've missed the opportunities out there. Why? Because our expectations were bigger. And what we don't know is that you are a very simple God. You say, take my yoke upon me and land of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, we apologize. Whatever we've been doing contrary to your word, whatever we've been anticipating, believing for, and yet we're not willing, God, to serve, we ask for mercy. Spirit of the living God, teach us to serve. Humble our heart and our mind. Make us, Lord, be willing, be ready to be obedient to sacrifice for others to be there for others Lord grant unto us the grace Father this year 2022 our expectations are high our dreams are big Our visions are strong. But Lord, you're looking for servants. Men and women that will sacrifice. Grant unto us the grace, the wisdom, the strength 
to do your will, to please you. We give you praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you who are watching right now, if you have not given your life to the Lord, can we pray together? Say, there Lord Jesus, I come before you. I repent of all my sins. Have mercy upon me. Forgive me, Lord. I believe you died for me. You were in the grave. On the third day, you rose from the dead. Have mercy, Lord. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, seal me with the Holy Ghost. Guide me, Lord, that this year, 2022, I will not be led astray. I will not miss my way. I will not go wrong. But I will live for you. Thank you, Father. Amen. Beloved God, richly bless you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We really appreciate you. Feel free to share our messages out there so that others will get blessed and get to know the Lord. And for those of you out there who have just given your life to the Lord, look for a Bible-believing church and get yourself involved so that your life will be to the glory of God. We love you and we really do appreciate you. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Amen. And amen. God bless you. God bless you.